Welcome to Jim Prevor's Perishable Pundit Podcast, where the subject may be perishable, but the insight isn't. In times of crisis, Jim Prever and his team, like the fresh produce industry they serve, have not only adapted but managed to thrive. Please join Primus Labs and Azul as we salute Jim and all the innovators who are working to advance the fresh produce supply chain. The best avocados have California in them. It's California avocado season with peak availability now through summer. Shoppers value the care the nearly 3,000 California avocado growers put into each avocado, ensuring they get that creamy California taste with every slice. Meet the demand and provide your shoppers the consistent quality, freshness, and homegrown taste they value. Go to californiaavocado.com forward slash retail to learn why California avocados are so special. Business and industry in America often depends on trade associations to move ahead. Part of the issue is how to interact with government. Another issue is how to give broader meaning to the lives of a company's employees, and then how to reach beyond the industry to build consumer demand. So it raises many issues and brings many thoughts that the two national trade associations in the produce industry, the Produce Marketing Association and the United Fresh Produce Association have announced plans to merge. It is both personal and professional for me My family has been in the produce industry for generations. My great-grandfather, Jacob Prevor, took over the family's long-established produce wholesaling business just outside of Kiev when he was a young man. He grew the business substantially and was successful, but he grew concerned that the future for Jews was not bright in what was called the Pale of Settlement, part of the Russian Empire. So he decided to explore a new opportunity. He boarded a ship and he took his family to America where they settled in Brooklyn, New York and he opened a produce wholesaling business in the Wallabout Produce Market, now part of the site of the Brooklyn Navy Yard. His son, my grandfather, Harry Prevor, crossed the East River and moved the family produce business to the Washington Street Produce Market in Manhattan, not far from where the Twin Towers would come to stand. There, he opened a wholesale produce operation while also becoming a large buyer at New York's two fruit auction houses, the Brown and Succumb Fruit Auction Company and the New York Fruit Auction Company. In time, my father, Mike Prevor, would move the family business to the new Hunts Point Produce Market located in the Bronx. It was a kind of involuntary move as the city had decided that the hustle and bustle of the fruit market was not appropriate for the modern city. I worked in my family's produce enterprise on Hunts Point where I decided to launch the first magazine to serve the trade called Produce Business. That company has grown to include other magazines, web pages, trade shows, conferences, and more, all to serve the industry. During the spread of these many generations, my family and I have engaged with numerous trade associations 
to help our own business advance and to advance the larger produce industry. My grandfather, Harry Prevor, also served for many, many years as the chairman of the association that served the buyers at the fruit auctions, which were the most powerful buyers in the industry at the time. In further time, that association merged into what is now called the United Fresh Produce Association. Let us pause here for a word from one of our sponsors. June is California Avocado Month, which means it is time, of course, to celebrate and enjoy the peak of the California avocado season. Though the promotion was created almost a decade ago by the California Avocado Commission, avocados have been growing in California for more than a century. And the delicious Haas variety has been a mainstay now for more than 50 years. Today, the California Avocado Commission helps make the month count with a broad and diverse program, including three key elements to help boost the sales of California avocados. First, there is a widely promoted consumer recipe contest with publisher Modern Luxury. The heart of the promotion is a crowdsourced recipe contest featuring California avocados as the hero of the dishes submitted by consumers. It is a direct outreach to consumers, encouraging them to buy and consume California avocados when they are most plentiful. Of course, this will all be promoted to a premium audience with the recipe winner and finalists showcasing their California avocado-filled recipes promoted in a press release and on the commission's website sending word out across the country. I confess that I'm a purist. My family and I love to eat simply grilled avocados on my barbecue, and we enjoy guacamole made with avocados, onion, tomatoes, cilantro, jalapeno peppers, fresh squeezed lime juice, garlic, salt, and pepper. But I can't wait to see what the innovative recipes come out of this contest. You can never have too many ways to enjoy California avocados. Second, there's a summer drive-in movie event. The California Avocado Commission is hosting a free summer drive-in movie event at Brea Mall in Southern California for local residents, media, and important consumer influencers. The event will feature Angels in the Outfield, a classic family film that leans into the California culture and lifestyle that the commission embodies. A partnership with Chef Charles Redway, known as Chef E Double, promoting California avocado recipes consumers can prepare at home for movie night, extends the promotion well beyond the local event. Third, the commission is continuing a robust program of California avocado-themed consumer advertising and customized marketing support for retailers, including encouraging consumers to utilize the store locator on CaliforniaAvocado.com. One of the things that makes America a culinary paradise is our ability to integrate many great products and important cuisines and spread both across this vast country. There's no better time than now to enjoy America's local avocado straight from California 
deliciously available to us all. The role of trade associations in America is quite exceptional. No less a visitor than Alexis de Tocqueville, the French civil servant and writer from an aristocratic family, was to marvel when reflecting on American society following his visit to America in 1831 and 1832 about the truly American phenomenon for forming associations of all types, political, civil, social, and professional. To a day, to a large extent, government relations is the key purpose of most of these professional or business associations. Some of this, of course, is for educating our elected officials about our particular needs. Government authorities don't typically have deep knowledge about the industries they regulate. So industry efforts at government relations do the useful and important work of helping the people in government to better understand the industry and industry needs. Obviously, this impacts employment, tax payments, exports, and many important areas of concern. Yet there's a kind of duopoly that makes this interchange between government and industry difficult. On the one hand, there exists a certain fear that individual companies or an industry as a whole will try to co-opt the government, get the government to do things in favor of industry or corporate interests, but these things may not be at all in the public interest. Looking back at the great spinach crisis of 2006, I remember how difficult it was to get the government to let the industry be part of the discussion. It became clear that many key players in the government, though wanting, of course, to solve the problem, were even more afraid of being attacked for allowing private enterprise to manipulate the process. This led to bizarre and expensive overreach. For example, we quickly pointed out that whatever the problem was at the source, that is to say the one packing facility in California, which was quickly identified, there was zero reason to make some poor farmer in the Carolinas plow under his spinach. Yet the powers that be were so hesitant to take advice from the industry that many businesses suffered unnecessarily and many consumers were deprived of delicious and healthy food. On the other hand, Theodore J. Lowy, known commonly as Ted Lowy, recently deceased but a longtime professor in the government department at Cornell University, he spoke of an iron triangle where particular interest groups focus on congressional committees or subcommittees that have jurisdiction in areas of concern. Typically, the members of Congress on these committees are interested in and sympathetic to industry causes. So for example, the ag committees tend to have representatives from ag districts and states. It's not uncommon for industry to actually draft proposals that are fully adopted by subcommittees, committees, then all of Congress and signed into law by the president. This is especially likely when there is not broad public interest in or attention paid to such a policy. Being presented with such a new law, it is not surprising to learn that people working in regulatory agencies 
will often go back to the industry, which, after all, often proposed and drafted the new law to find out how it might best be executed. This iron triangle, industry, legislators, and bureaucracy is often, and with good cause, criticized. It seems unlikely to prioritize the needs of the poor or those unable to have an interest or the ability to engage in the lobbying process. With government employees from legislators and cabinet secretaries to staff on committees and agencies, thinking ahead to jobs and their own futures, it's easy to see how the three corners of this triangle become self-reinforcing and almost club-like. Still, whether we like it or not, this is our system and is why almost every industry and almost every major corporation and union maintains government relations efforts. What is perhaps less clear is what else trade associations are there to do. Let's take another short break for a word from one of our sponsors. I want to thank Primus Labs and Azul for being a sponsor of this podcast. I've been writing about food safety and Primus Labs for over 30 years. What I have seen is that one of the big advantages of working with Primus is what they like to call their friendly familiarity with your samples. Put another way, they've seen pretty much everything. Regardless of the commodity, the unique characteristics of each produce item or your unique testing needs Primus Labs is really exceptional in the depth and breadth of its knowledge base and experience. Now, this world-class analysis is integrated with the unique Azul data platform, which gives you a big boost in terms of supply chain management and in compliance issues. Basically, Primus Labs and Azul give you the highest level of compliance data and provide a state-of-the-art tool to connect with the entire supply chain. It's a win all around. If you're already working with Primus Labs and Azul, you're on the right track. If not, you can email them at support at azul.com or call them at 805-354-7127 to find out more. Of course, regional associations, such as the Florida Fruit and Vegetable Association and the Western Growers Association have regional interests to represent. And the associations find ways to fund these efforts. Western Growers Association has a substantial insurance operation, for example. As they explain, quote, we provide more health benefits to the ag industry than any insurance carrier, end quote. The Produce Marketing Association, in its latest filings, shows that in a pre-pandemic year, about 80% of its revenue comes from putting on Fresh Summit, its annual trade show and convention, and various conferences and other events. This almost certainly understates the importance of these trade shows, as many companies that are members surely elect to be members in order to get a discount on buying booths. If no such discount was offered, many would surely not join, or they would insist on lower dues. So maybe 90% of association revenues can be traced back to being in the business 
of doing events. Years ago, I was called in to run a strategic planning process for United, back when it was called the United Fresh Fruit and Vegetable Association. The association was going through troubled times. Part of the issue was that over time, an unusual divide had occurred in the produce industry. United had taken on the responsibility and expense for running government relations for the industry. At the same time, with its focus on buyers and events, PMA had come to run the most profitable industry events. In the end, our efforts at strategic planning for United included explaining and emphasizing to the production side of the industry the necessity to directly support United's government relations efforts. For the most part, this effort was a success. Now, the decision to merge PMA with United has virtually unanimous support in the industry. To most, it just makes sense. Why have two associations? What is the point? Of course, we all hope that the industry will save some money, no need for two CEOs, etc. Many also hope their own companies will experience savings. I was recently given a private communication between one industry member and an executive of one of the associations who was trying to maintain the sale of a booth. The produce company wasn't interested. And its next query to the association was whether it could avoid paying duplicate dues to the two associations. There is some concern that everything isn't being said. Right now, the only actual economy mentioned is that the United Show will consolidate with PMA's Fresh Summit event. One can't help but think that there are plans beyond that. There also is a kind of uncertainty at the core. For years, PMA has worked hard to expand its international footprint. Yet it is unclear how this works with an association focusing great efforts on US government relations. The biggest challenge though, may be the very future of a vertically integrated produce association. Most industry associations are horizontal, meaning that they represent one class of trade. In other words, the Food Marketing Institute represents supermarket chains, not their suppliers. The National Restaurant Association represents restaurants, not their vendors. Of course, there is great value in a supply chain being able to work together, but the industry has changed. There was a time when retailers were regional and none on their own were capable of forcing industry change. Now, many concepts are rolling out nationally. Think Walmart, Costco, Whole Foods, Aldi, Lidl, and Amazon.com. Others such as Kroger and Albertsons have swallowed other regional companies to become national entities. In any case, these companies are now so large with such resources, the need for associations to make things happen is much less than it was when Dick Spisano was running produce for Vons or Bob Di Piazza for Dominic's. We've also found the attitude toward produce associations is different. Produce has become much more important at retail. As a result, 
many top executives want to do a rotation as a top produce executive, but they're not produce people. They come from CPG departments, non-foods, and perhaps go on to other perishables departments, all on the way up the ladder. One also senses that with fewer and bigger players, legal departments are cautious about their executives being in the same room with executives from competitors. For sure, many of the association's staples that once were very valuable have become less so. In an age when vendors have quarterly meetings with retailers, when Zoom calls connect buyers and sellers around the world, where is the value going to come from? There seems to be a consensus forming to have the new combined association fight for efforts to boost consumption. Though whether the industry is really willing to pay the price is still unclear. Personally, I have always found joy in our trade associations. I remember a man from Del Monte coming up to me at the PMA convention in San Francisco back in 1985, where we launched Produce Business Magazine. And he told me of his engagement with my great grandfather so many years ago. I was invited to keynote a show that PMA was doing in Australia via its affiliate there. And I took my then teenage son. A man approached him upon seeing his badge and asked him if he knew Mike Prevor, my father. My son explained that Mike was his grandfather. And the gentleman told him a story of how he came to visit my son's grandfather as a very young man to introduce him to an unknown fruit, which would later come to be called the kiwi. He told my son of his grandfather's acuity in business and how he analyzed the kiwi fruit and its opportunities. He also told my son of how my son's grandfather invited him out to his house in Long Island and how when he knew nobody in America, he was treated as a friend. The merger of United and PMA is right. It will bring about efficiencies. It will allow the industry to be more effective in many ways. Yet the passing of time, the move to greater efficiency, the growth of national chains, it, it is all good, yet still, a little bittersweet. There's nothing to do. There's no way to avoid it. But sometimes with each gain comes a loss. With progress comes regret. I hope the purpose-driven industry of tomorrow will still somehow find a way to build the relationships that have made engagement with the produce industry not just a job, but a source of true joy. This is Jim Prevoy. Thanks for listening. PerishableNews.com has been informing the industry for over 10 years, and it is the outlet for daily news covering perishable foods. Sign up today for free at PerishableNews.com, your source for daily perishable foods news.